I can't be the only one who remembers that advert. Thank you. From 1980. It was that lady's voice, wasn't it? Cadbury's Caramel. Uh, can you ever imagine her screeching at her kids? I, I can't, personally. I think she just lived like that on this sort of plane of calm. Anyway, tonight we're going to continue our exploration of prayer. And our focus this evening is about how to be still before God. I'm kind of thinking, though, we need to take a bit of a step back first. Take two words off that and start to think about how to be still. Because I'm sure I'm not alone in finding that an enormous challenge in itself. Because it did seem that life in the 80s was just a whole lot more straightforward and easier. You know, if everything was getting a bit too much, too busy, how did you stop? Chocolate. And indeed, for me, quite often that is still, in fact, the case. But it's the nature of our busyness that has changed over the past 40 years. Then there were no food deliveries, no Amazon drivers. We actually went to a shop every week. There was no app on our phone to manage our banking. We had to go to something that was called a branch. And now, with everything we need literally available at the touch of a button, our busyness is less physical and more mental. And even when we are physically still, our minds are racing at 100 miles an hour. Take a look at this current advert. So last week, we started this series of prayer, and Richard reminded us of two truths. Firstly, that we were designed to pray. Uh, God was communing with his people right back in the Garden of Eden. And secondly, that God wants us to have an open relationship with him and not be distant relatives. He loves listening to us. He also challenged us to start to create this holy habit of prayer, five to ten minutes a day with the Lord. So this week, now, as we start to think about how to be still before God, we're going to start by looking at the pull against stillness. What stops us from achieving that quiet space with God? We're going to look at the purpose of stillness, why being still in the presence of God can bring about deep rest, as David experienced in that psalm. And as we start to desire that soul rest too, we're going to look at the pathway to stillness. Let me pray first before we start. As the deer pants for streams of water, so our souls pant for you, our God. Our souls thirst for you, living God. So in this time, still us. Give us peace, attentiveness to your word, and restoration. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's start with this pull against stillness. And the Audible ad was the clue. We can't start without thinking about the smartphone. There is a report produced a couple of years ago looking at the decade of the smartphone since its inception. And it has discovered that every adult now spends approximately one full day, 24 hours a week online. And we check our phones approximately every 12 minutes. I'm watching you. 40% uh, of adults look at their phones within five minutes of waking, and that rises to 80% within 15 minutes of waking. I was pretty shocked by those stats. I was also pretty shocked to find myself right in the midst of those stats as well. 
So we are propelled into mind busyness within minutes of waking. But not only that, in our 24-7 world, where day and night so often merge, we are finding it harder and harder to switch off at the one time of day that's officially rest, our sleep. I don't know if anybody else tracks sleep on a fitness tracker. Uh, again, I don't know why I do, so I'm usually horrified, and I go, what? I only had that much sleep? But that was a good night. You only have to then throw in a sick child or a sick parent, exam pressure, job stress, another worry, and then the sleep really gets compromised. And as the Audible ad suggests, we are bombarded by voices, be that people we encounter, the news, social media, notifications, music. And on top of that, there's the constant inner voice, that non-stop dialogue that we have with ourselves. With all of these challenges on body and mind, it's not a wonder that we struggle to be still, yet alone still before God. But what does it mean to be still before God? What does that accomplish over all those sort of arrow prayers that I shoot up throughout the day? You know, we talk about God on the move. Well, can't he just come with me and just listen out as I'm busy in my life? What's the purpose of stillness before him? Firstly, stillness builds relationship. When we take time to be still before God, rather than just shooting up the arrow prayers for ourselves and others, we move from being transactional to relational. Because our prayer life can so easily just become a mirror of the way in which we lead the rest of our lives. Pinging out a quick message throughout the day, running from one thing to the next, dropping a few balls along the way. And that's kind of not really how God intended prayer. We're going to look at the petition aspect of the Lord's Prayer later in this series. So for now, it is just important to know that we can ask of God. He's a generous Father and He longs to give to us. And He's a loving God who knows our needs better than we do. So asking is good and right. It's not wrong at all. But our relationship with God is like any other relationship that we have. It builds and deepens when we spend quality time together. Because God doesn't want to just offer this distant relationship where there's that bit, you know, when you have those relationships where you have to keep the conversation going. Nobody wants a pause. And then we all breathe a sigh of relief when we get to the end of that interaction with somebody. It's not like that. It's like our closest human relationship. And if you think about who that person is to you, I bet you feel perfectly comfortable spending plenty of time together without saying a word. So we don't need to fill in the pauses with God. He's happy and in fact delights just being with us. Psalm 18, verse 19, written by David, again in the midst of enemy attack, just as he is in the psalm for tonight, says this. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. God wants to offer us space so that he can delight in us. I think that's a pretty incredible thought. It's in the stillness that we can know God and be fully known. Secondly, 
stillness enables us to hear God rather than just talk to God. I don't know if your parents ever said this cliche to you or if you ever said this cliche. Um, You have two ears and one mouth, so you need to use them in the right proportion. I know that my prayer life is so often out of balance. Too much talking and not enough listening. I get many varied random notifications on my phone throughout the day. Beep! Oh, what's that? What do I need to do now? I won't tell you what some of them are. Anyway, ultimately, they are trying to get my attention in my busyness. I can set an app that will notify me and beep and tell me when I'm to pray for someone. I can't set an app to tell me when God is trying to talk to me. It doesn't work like that. There isn't a godly beep that has this heavenly notification, unless any of you want to come up with it, but I don't think we will. And you know what? Things weren't any different in the Old Testament. When the Lord appeared to Elijah, Elijah was looking for God in the earthquake, the wind, and the fire. Three pretty loud and powerful notifications. But it was only then that he heard the still, small voice of God. Samuel mistook the quiet calling of God for Eli until he rested enough to be attentive to the still, small voice of God. And the same is true for us. Stillness of body and mind opens our ears to hearing our Lord speak. Stillness builds relationship. It enables us to hear God. And thirdly, stillness restores us at head, heart, and soul level. Let's take a look at the passage now to see how David experienced that restoration. Because David was in the midst of real threat of danger and danger to his life when he composed this psalm. And yet, he was able to confidently assert that with God as his fortress, he would never be shaken. He knew this in his head to be true, and he repeats that assertion later in the psalm. Such was his confidence. He knew it in his heart to be true. But with God, he was loved, safe, and secure. God was his refuge. With God, he could pour out his heart, share everything, and he commends us to do the same. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him. And David experienced deep soul rest simply by turning to God, despite the threats surrounding him. Truly, my soul finds rest in God. And as he recounts what's literally going on around him in those middle verses, there's assault, there's going to be displaced from the throne, there's deceit, there's attack. A word to himself, he tells himself something that draws him back to the truth of God. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. As he rested in God... David regained godly perspective and peace. And if we read on past our passage towards the end of the psalm, after David has taken this time to be still before God, he says this, One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. Power belongs to you, God, and with you, Lord, is unfailing love. David had stilled himself and opened his heart to hear from God and was reminded of God's power and love. So I think above all, 
that shows us that being still before God lets God be God. It lets God reveal his true nature to us. Matthew 11, verse 28 says this, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Don't speak. Don't do anything. Just come. And so often, we expend so much time, energy, and ultimately anxiety trying to be God ourselves, trying to solve our own problems and everybody else's problems. And then if it all gets too much, we throw up an arrow prayer and see if God wants to get involved. When really, he just longs for us to come to him so he can remind us that he is all-loving and all-knowing and he's able to do it all. Stillness is surrender, enabling God to be God and freeing us to be who we are, dearly loved children of God an amazing God we can completely trust. Psalm 46 verse 10 simply says this, be still and know that I am God. I'm hoping that as we've explored this purpose of stillness, our thirst for it has heightened and we want to get to know more, uh, more of God in this rest. So what is the pathway to that stillness? I've read all of this book. It's hugely accessible. It's powerful, it's simple, it's brilliant. I can't commend it highly enough. And this is one of my favorite quotes. The best way to start praying is to actually stop praying. To stop talking at God long enough to focus on the wonder of who he actually is. Let me say that again. The best way to start praying is to actually stop praying, to stop talking at God long enough to focus on the wonder of who he actually is. We've also talked about the Lectio 365 app, and some of you are using it, and it is a great way to be still before God. You can read it or you can listen to it, but each day it starts with these words. As I enter prayer now, I pause to be still, to breathe slowly, to recenter my scattered senses upon the presence of God. So in those words, there are three steps on the path to stillness. Pause, breathe, recenter. Pause, it sounds so simple, but we're all aware of those pulls against stillness in our lives. And so we do need to be intentional about eliminating our personal distractions and making space for God. So I'm up in the stakes a bit here. Richard said five to 10 minutes uh, every day, but if there are 12 minutes in between, we're not having our phones in our pockets and on our hands, maybe we can up this to 12 minutes a day with the Lord. For some of us, it is possible to make that a regular place at a regular time of day. But I wanna say being a regular is perfectly okay. I'm not sure Jesus had a set quiet time each day but I do know that he eagerly sought the presence of God and walked away from the crowds and the busyness to find rest in God. And personally, I have found this idea in recent months quite liberating, not to sort of pin all my hopes from stillness on that one slot every morning at the same time of day. And then when it goes, because something's happened, I go, oh, well, that's it then, isn't it? No God today then. No, to start seeking our rest time with God as a gift 
and let God create that opportunity with us being eager to find him. To not let me be God and try and plan this appointment, but to offer my desire to God to meet with him every day and ask him to give me the eyes and the space and the discipline to take it when it comes. I'd like to offer you some pause props to help us switch off with God and its distractions. Uh, switch off from the world, sorry, and um, tune into God a little bit more. These may look like earplugs to you. No, they are, in fact, God pods. It does seem to me that a lot of the world is surgically attached to headphones. Am I the only one who sees this? I look around and everybody is plugged in and you know, they're being bombarded with stuff, but it's also blocking out. It's blocking out what's around them. I wonder if these could provide a simple way of sort of unplugging, taking off some headphones and allowing some space with God. That might even be on the train, it might be in the office, you name it, but actually taking something that helps you be intentional about finding time with God. Maybe just a little blue prayer stone that instead of holding the phone, as we prayed about earlier, we lay down our tools and just hold something which just says, right, this is God's time. I just want to be here with God. As when we head to communion, there are God pods and prayer stones on both sides, so do feel free to take some if that would be helpful. So we need to pause. Secondly, we need to breathe. I'm hoping we all have a regular habit of doing this anyway. Um, but actually, are you aware of how fast you normally breathe? And actually, when we breathe faster, our stress levels increase, the ability of our brain to absorb oxygen all goes uh, down the pan, ability to think clearly goes, and we're in a vicious cycle. As we prepare to listen to God, it's good to listen to our breathing first and consciously slow it right down, taking long, slow breaths, relaxing our minds and bodies. When Jesus appeared to his disciples after the resurrection, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. As we breathe in and out slowly in silence, we can imagine the Holy Spirit is interceding for us, uttering all those noisy prayers on our behalf. We just need to be still. And thirdly, to recenter our scattered senses, we can start to speak to God, but very simply, with something that is known as a breath prayer. That's about taking an expression, a word that draws us into the presence of God that can be said within one of these long breaths. And that's a completely personal choice. It might be a line from a song. It might be a word, a name of the Lord. Um, for me, uh, I like the words in Isaiah 9:16. the words for Jesus. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That would be four breaths, but I do one at a time. You get the gist. But picking your word that you can use to get into the presence of God. Now, perhaps being still as a concept just feels alien to you. We can be still whilst being active. Richard talked last week a little bit about thin places where we feel most connected to God. For me, that is quite often on a dog walk, brackets when he's behaving himself. Um, but actually, God will speak to me in creation as I can hear the birds and experience being outside. So you might want to be active. You might want to run. But just we can breathe 
and experience God, even if we're busy. We can even use the stillness in our busyness. And in that, I mean the train ride, the commute, the bus ride. We're still, but we're busy. But we can give it to God. Once we have our breath prayer and are comfortable using it, it really is the path to stillness, even in the midst of busyness. Because it's so often in the busiest times of our lives that we need to rest in God. Pause, breathe deeply, and utter a breath prayer. We've been commanded to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But wonderfully, God himself longs to connect with us at head, heart, and soul level and delights in us when we spend time with him, giving us the spirit to intercede for us so we don't have to say a word. David knew this, and even in the midst of his struggles, he could affirm that with confidence and seek restoration in the presence of God. Jesus knew the importance of stillness with God, and he intentionally retreated to be in the presence of his loving Heavenly Father. I think our advert showed us that the nature of our busyness may have changed over the last 40 years, but the need for God to sustain us in our busy lives hasn't. And neither has the challenge to find the time to still ourselves in the presence of our Lord.